0: Oh, I've always loved that song. Brand new key. Well, that's Melanie. And this Thursday night, May 11th, she's going to be in our backyard at the Turning Point in Piermont, New York. But right now, I am so honored to have on the phone with us, Melanie. Melanie, how are you?
1: Okay. Okay, <laughs> good.
0: Uh, uh, I,
1: I, I mean, every time I hear that song, I get surprised. <laughs> it,
0: really? <laughs> you know, I, I, I first heard that song, I, I think I was in high school. And I heard, I understand that there were some radio stations that didn't want to play it back then because of the, the, the little innuendo about that song. Is that true?
1: Well, yeah, there were radio stations that didn't want to play it. Um, for sure, there was a lot of controversy about what the meaning was. Well, that was when people were reading things into lyrics <laughs> that probably weren't there.
2: You right. Know? So, right.
1: It was just a, a one off song that I wrote. And my husband, who's a record producer, Heard it and said, oh, Melanie, this is a hit. And I went, no, no, (laughs) please, not that. (laughs) If if you make this a hit record, I'm doomed to be cute for the rest (laughs) of my life. So um, then sure enough, he did. He speeded it up. Because I had written it kind of more like a Cajun Swamp groove, Uh you know. And uh, he speeded it up. And Roger Kellaway came into the picture. He's a... um, classical he trained a very very uh, commercial hooky person and he uh, came up with that line he had just written uh, the theme with carol o'connor for those were the days oh really uh, yeah um so and and you can almost hear a little bit of that in there when you (laughs) listen to that that hook wow
0: you're right. Every time you hear, there's something new from that. i I'm, <laughs> thank you for sharing that yeah, with us yeah. today. Uh, well, we're so glad you're, you're you're still out there performing, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you at the Turning Point this week. Uh, yeah. Wow, where do I begin? I mean, you kind of burst onto the scene, and I'm, I'm sure you're probably tired of talking about Woodstock. I mean, you probably hear everybody asking you that, but yeah. I, I I have to because uh, you know I, you were. Um, you actually, let's go back a little bit further than that. You were born, I believe, in Queens, New York, but I think you grew up in, in New Jersey, in Red Bank. Is that true?
1: Well, I, I really grew up in New York, but then my family moved to New Jersey when I was going into junior high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, No, actually high school, which was terrible, terrible time to move. You know, yeah. I was a New Yorker, and I already... I already was a little different but somehow it wasn't uh, perceived so as such a radical thing but i was when moved to this little uh, you know kind of a provincial area where everybody had grown up together and uh here I was the new yorker you uh-huh. know? <laughs> and, um anyway so it wasn't it wasn't easy for me um during that time but i grew i i, I consider I grew up in New York and went through my difficult years in New Jersey.
0: Well, I grew up in New Jersey, so I agree with you about the difficult years. I've had a few myself here. <laughs> uh, but you that's really where we, I think you started performing in, in some coffee houses here in New Jersey, in Red Bank, and then eventually yeah. you went into New York and the village.
1: Well, it was, um, yeah, the weird thing is I was so shy, but I had some part of me that had this drive to perform sing and perform in um, either my own songs or, you know, songs that I learned from different singers, Joan Baez, and she was my idol. You know, she was absolutely my idol. I wanted to be Joan Baez, you know, so <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I mean, I, she was angst and Angular and had a lovely voice, and I was not. Oh, well,
0: you, she wasn't Melanie either, so you, you we're, we're glad we have no, you. No, no, that's true.
1: I mean, I got, I've come to terms with that part. I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of glad I'm not Joan. Sure by it, <laughs> but um, not taking anything away from her, but, you know, I, I grew into myself, but um, I, was, I always felt a little uncomfortable in my own skin, mm. you know? Well, Listen, I...
0: I think yeah. you've you've always been honest, and I think that's you know one of the things I see in all of your music uh you know you were true to your own spirit and uh you know in the, in the late sixties but I think before woodstock you you were signed by some record companies, but you hadn't really hit it big in the United States. I think you had a couple of singles that were being received in in Europe, but you were invited to Woodstock, which
1: um yeah isn't that incredible yeah I mean. <laughs> I had no idea you know what it what was what was in the making, but again, my husband was a record producer. we weren't married yet we were and he had an office in the same building that the organizers or some of the organizers of Woodstock were um you know putting their heads together and coming up with this and uh you know I guess they were in their office i was in we were in our they we got together and i you know, thought Peter, this would be a great. You know, it sounds so nice. You know, like three days of peaceful music, and and there's going to be crafts, and I can go shopping, and and I, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, I'm picturing like this pastoral yeah. setting with people in picnic blankets, and <laughs> and it'll be on fields, and it'll be up in the country, and um, so I, I thought, gee, that would be nice. And then uh, different terms of events happened, and I went to um, England and I was writing a film score. Me, you know. Well, yeah. I didn't even write music, but <laughs> I, was, I was commissioned to, to do a film score for a, a movie called All the Right Noises with Olivia Hussey. And she was, she was like the most beautiful person in the world. I've never seen a more beautiful woman in my life. And she had just come off Romeo and Juliet, and she was in this movie, and uh, they wanted me to do the music. So I went to England and worked that year uh, on the film and um, with John Cameron, who, um, you know, is a big film arranger. Sure, yeah. And in the next studio is, is uh, the Rolling Stones, you know, and... Huh. Um, and it was just, you know, it Abbey Road Studios, and yeah. it was just incredible, you know, so the scene there was incredible. I was singing with um, at, at the Club Revolution, um, and Rod Stewart was, would sit in, and I would sit, and Rod Stewart wasn't even Rod Stewart yet. He was just a guy in the faces, you know, <laughs> small faces.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, it was just this, you know, really great scene in England and I was I was feeling kind of comfortable being behind the scenes you know just not being a performer so much as writing and being part of creative process with other people and then it came time for Woodstock and there it came time and I thought oh geez you know maybe I shouldn't go I mean uh, and Peter said yeah well I'll stay here and I'll finish the the tracks and stuff and, and you go and we, again, we really didn't have any idea. It's so crazy. Hmm. You know, now everybody would know everything, but nobody knew anything. Yeah. It, was just, it was rumored that you know, different people were going to come and Bob Dylan is coming. <laughs> no. wow. And and of course he never did come. Yeah, but <laughs> um, uh Every, everybody was supposed to be there, and, but nobody knew any of this, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I arrived, my mother picked me up, and, uh, you know, we drove off to Woodstock. <laughs> and I had, again, no clue. And as we hit traffic, I had like a sneaking suspicion that, no, it must be an accident, you know, ahead and um, and then I got to off the exit, and made a phone call, and finally got through to someone again. You know, no cell phones, and we're we're talking. Uh, and they said, "No, no, don't go there. Go to this other place. It's in and blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, now I'm I'm certain that this traffic has something to do with what I'm supposed to be involved with. So. I'm getting really nervous already in the car. And um, we get to this hotel, and it's surrounded by media trucks. And I walk into the front door of this little motel. You know, it, it, it didn't look like um, a place where anything would ever happen. So uh, there's Janis Joplin in the middle of the lobby, surrounded by microphones. You know, I'm slugging Southern Comfort. Now, again, I had the only famous person I'd met, and he wasn't even Rod Stewart yet. It was Rod Stewart. Wow! And um, Janice Joblin, like she's right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sly Stone walked by, and oh, it, wow. the reality of this is hitting me like, what am I doing here? You know? <laughs> and where's Peter? And how come he's not here? And what am I doing here by myself? And um, uh, it, I'm just thinking of maybe backing out the door. <laughs> you know, maybe Maybe I don't really have to do this at all. (laughs) Okay, maybe I should just, like, slip out the back door. And just as I'm thinking this, somebody came, Melanie, Melanie, go to the helicopter! And he's running with me. We're running, my mother, me, and the guitar, and we're running to the helicopter. And I'm thinking, why am I going in a helicopter? (laughs) 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 Why can't we just drive like everybody else? And... He, he ushered me into the helicopter. Right before my mother got in, she said, who's she? And um, it was very obvious that she wasn't a hippie. Right, right. And it's my mother. And she said, no, no, Mom. Sorry, oh. sorry Mom. Oh. You to stay here, Mom. Uh, we're, we're only bands and performers can get in the helicopter. So, um So, I, I mean, I didn't even have the sense to say, you know, she's my bass player. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I got in the helicopter and uh, we flew off and we are flying over this stuff that looked like some kind of bizarre crop. <laughs> you know, I'm um, yeah. looking down and I see these colorful Little circles, you know, almost like balloons or something. And I thought, what is that? Said, it's the people. Wow. First of all, we were, I thought, you know, it, it wasn't possible that that could be people. It was, it was too much of it. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it, especially yeah. from the air. And then we landed, at, we were landing, and I saw the stage. It was a, I'd never seen a stage that big yeah. in my life. It's amazing. And, and I was so in terror and I was led to a little tent with a dirt floor and there I spent the day. Richie Havens was performing when I landed and I think he was performing 45 minutes later <laughs> <laughs> and he was still singing Freedom, Freedom for <laughs> all his work. I, and I could hear, because I knew Richie Havens, you know, so I could hear that there was was like, this Kind of panic, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: passion and panic, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and using using, and then I assumed that they wanted me to go on next to the the big rush with the helicopter, so uh, I'm I'm in the the tent nearly gagging because when I got nervous I would throw up, no. so um, I'm I'm in the tent I'm thinking so can I do this? How can I do this? People are gonna stone me. They're gonna and I don't mean in that way. I mean (laughs) they're gonna, you know, throw tomatoes. And I mean I'll be laughed off the stage. It'll be horrible. I can't believe. And then and then they said, Nick, you're not on next. (laughs) And I went, Oh, thank God. (laughs) But this lap went on all day long. I mean every every few hours or so somebody would come up and say, You're on next. And then they would say, Never mind. Oh gosh. (laughs) Sometimes they wouldn't even say, never mind. They would just not come and get me, and I would hear somebody else on stage and know it wasn't me.
0: Wow. Well, what, what amazed me, when you finally got on stage, I mean, it had to be you know, seeing all those people in front of you, yet you still managed to make it so intimate. I mean, I, you know, I've seen the film, like I'm sure most of our people have as well, and, and heard the recordings. How did you find it in yourself to, 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 to do that?
1: You know, I I don't know. I don't know if I could ever do it again. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) I think it's a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Sure. (laughs) Because, um, first of all, it it was unprecedented, that many people. And it was, by that time, you know, complete chaos. And everyone was there. And the vibe of the place was so incredible. And um, right before I went on, uh, Wavy Gravy made some announcement about Hog Farm passing out candles to keep away the rain. I, I figured when it started to rain, everybody would go home. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. figured, well, you know, the sensible people aren't going to sit on the fields and get wet.
2: Right, right.
1: <laughs> so, but that didn't happen. Nobody was sensible. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody sat and kept sitting. But um, And that's why I didn't think, I thought my performance would be canceled, but it turned out the incredible string band uh, didn't want to go on because of the rain. They thought they'd be electrocuted. And so, it was me. I'm just one person. And <laughs> <Right. laughs> I'm electrocuted. Then no big deal. So, so um, I, I had no knowledge of electrocution or any of that. So, I, I, I went on. But I actually had an out-of-body experience. Really? Wow. I really did. I left my body. Huh. I know what that feels like to the exterior from your body. Wow. It's the most, it's an amazing experience, and that was my, my big spiritual moment would Woodstock. And I will also remind you that I wasn't on drugs. Right. I was just, I was a vegetarian purist. I mm-hmm. would never let smoke into my lungs. <laughs> huh. So I was, I was so uncool, you know, but yeah. the thing was, that's, that was what it was. Oh. So I... I went on that stage and I, I remember like walking the plank, mm-hmm. and then I, I wasn't in my body anymore. Wow! I, I was just watching myself and it went all silent, and I was just sort of hovering over, my left shoulder, huh. and um, and then at one point I started singing and I was there yeah. singing "Beautiful People." I
0: well, will tell you, it was one of those moments. I mean, I wasn't there. I was a little. I was only. 12 at the time, but uh, I, I. No excuse. No excuse. <laughs> no. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no, no, Couldn't get a ride. <laughs> but no, but that was, uh, that really introduced you to, to um, a much larger crowd in the United States. And then oh, the, the, there God. was. I mean, for the, the, in the 70s when I was growing up and the, your your music was always being heard on the radio. I mean, you had so many wonderful hits. You know, you mentioned Beautiful People, Candles in the Rain that you wrote. You're, you're, and your cover songs of other artists like the Ruby Tuesday. And uh, I've heard songs. That, I know. Yeah. I've heard you do Bob Dylan songs Pete Seeger songs as well so it's you know, such a variety of music um, obviously the music industry from that time to what it is now has changed considerably um, we've all changed I guess uh, now you're you're still doing your own thing though I mean how are you are you are you still enjoying it I mean you are still having the the, the the fun that you did from those early days
1: um, I can't tell you that I had fun in the early days. Okay,
2: okay. <laughs> you know? right.
1: I was mostly terrified. <laughs> I was an introvert. Um, I was in a world of extroverts, you know, and um, I, I, I con- constantly wondered if I didn't make a mistake not being an archaeologist, you know? Oh, wow. Uh, and, and really, because I, uh, and I was attacked because, I, you know, a very serious guy kind of papers on Rolling Stone and stuff. I was just not cool. You yeah. know, it's not cool. Yeah. Again, I didn't hang out in Satanga Canyon, you know. <laughs> so right. I, I was just kind of an oddball, you know, and I, I skirted around being in any niche. I, I didn't even know when people would say, What kind of music do you do? Or, I mean,. Everybody had a difficult time describing, because even though I sang and played the guitar and had long hair, I certainly wasn't doing folk music. Right. But it was folky. Right, right. You because know? I think then the wonderful thing about music from that era is that people were really interested in source. You know, where does this music come from? Mm-hmm. And, and people were investigating and listening to, you know, old blues and jazz and classical and, I mean, there were hit records with these classical arrangements and uh, there were hit records with blues arrangements and, of, of course, serious rock, you know, and um, but I was, again, you know, I was just attacked by uh, what I call, I guess, underground press then. Rolling Stone launched a war against me I it was it was so incredible and I, it was devastating because like these are my people yeah. you know, I thought but uh, it, it was just a strange thing and I was I was young I was a little younger than everybody else and uh, it, it was just hard for me to deal with the the negativity and the attack There's was seen as far as dump. Did you Did you see that sure, show, sure. Everybody Out There in Radio Land? <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> um, I was. I there was this one scene where the the girl um, who had all these ideals um, was being attacked by not physically, but you know, um, about her values and whether she was worthy of being in this serious anti-war thing Mm -hmm. and I felt like that was me you know I felt like I felt like um, I was so misunderstood but not I wasn't the only one there was like this entire population of people who had an ideal and a sense of what the world should be you know that it it wasn't an angry it wasn't coming from an angry or a political place and that's what I keep bringing with me Mm -hmm. and I, I I when you say, well, we've all changed a lot, I don't think so. But I really think that people are still the same. They still have the same desire to survive and do well mm. and, you know, continue and, and make their little place better, whatever that is, or a bigger place better. But I, I think um, people are the same. Yes, yeah, the see, industry and, and the corporate, Takeover of everything is absolutely abhorrent and unbelievable. But in the in the sixties, I think the, the values got politicized. You know, yes. it wasn't a political gathering. Would start I mean, there were little factions. I think that's when libertarianism was born. And you know, um, if anything, I guess I'm a libertarian. Mm-hmm. But, I just don't trust politics yeah. at all. So, um, so I, I, I think um, people who weren't there and didn't grow through that, um, or even people who were and watch a lot of television, might think that it was politics, but it really wasn't. Yes, there was a war, and yes, there were people who were you know marching, and we were marching. Mostly, it was. Um, a pro-peace rather than an anti-war.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there, there yeah. was a different stance. That is like a completely different stance. Well, You're pro-peace.
0: That, that's very as, true. As
1: opposed to anti-war. Right. It's a different posture.
2: And, and,
1: and I think people need to absorb that a little bit when they're listening to their 60s favorites.
0: That's a good point. And also, you know, I think when you get down to it everybody really is pro-peace even those who are you know of
1: course yeah that's, that's who that's,
0: the hell wants
2: to blow <laughs> up everybody that's right that's
0: right oh well we're talking to melanie today uh, she's going to be appearing this coming thursday at the turning point in piermont new york and uh, you know i think one thing melanie we can say about you is that you know you are a survivor um you know you you've done it you followed your own route and and you've also influenced people. I know a few years back um, you did that wonderful video with Ma- uh, Ma- uh, Miley Cyrus, uh, who is just, a, I-, I think, a brilliant artist in her own right. But yet it's that same thing where-, where people follow their own direction. And I think that's something that I think is evident in your performances and your music. And uh, I-, I applaud you for that.
1: Oh, thanks.
0: Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I I appreciate you spending some time with us, and I I, I know you you must be busy, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Now, this is um, uh, I guess something else that you're doing. I yeah, I remember we we talked a few months back ago that you're now you know booking yourself as well. I know your your husband. Oh, it's horrible. A... Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um.
1: Well, yeah. No. I mean, I I. I Get on the phone with, I'm, I'm, this isn't my, my husband used to do this for me and he passed away mm. a few years ago and I've been in this situation where, you know, I'm doing it myself. I'm, you know, I make a call and and I'll say, yeah, it's Melanie and they say, well, what are your figures? What are your oh. numbers? Are your yeah. And oh. I say, I don't know. it looked full. <laughs> <laughs> the place looked full. And I think people like this. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, and you know so, and then how much you're getting? And I'll say something, you know. And but I feel like Austin Powers in that scene <laughs> where he's holding his little dimple and he's saying one like, million gold. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I think sometimes people jump at the at the number I'll say, and sometimes they'll say, "Are you kidding?" Uh-huh. It's, it's it, horrible. Yeah. It's absolutely horrible.
0: It's, it's yeah, a, I
1: need an agent. Yeah. I definitely need
0: an agent. Well, uh, I think anybody who sees your performances knows that you know, you're you're a delight in, in concert. And and this tour, you're you're going to be in Piermont, New York, on the 11th, uh, at Homer, New York, at the Center for the Arts on the 13th, Rochester, New York, at the Lovin' Cup on the 16th, and then you're going to be going to Florida and Florida well,
1: wow. Folk Festival. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, um, and then a couple of other, yeah, Largo Cultural Center and uh, a few other places in Florida. Well, Fogartyville. Fogartyville, that's a... Yeah, Fogartyville, that's June 1st.
0: Oh, wow. And, yes. and then you're coming back to New York at the Suffolk Theater in August, so that's that's a, it's yes. a wonderful thing. Uh, are, you, are you still writing songs, still recording, or any, any plans for that?
1: Yeah, well, I, I'm recording. My son, He's is my musical partner.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And he'll be at the turning point. And at all these concerts. And in fact, he left for Canada today, and I'm really depressed. (laughs) I'm glad we're talking. That gets me out of it. But um, yeah, he he left for Canada. He's producing um, an artist up there, and uh, he's going to meet me in New York. But he he and I are, you know, work together. And uh, he he did just do an EP that I uh, put out on, you know, an independent label thing Dan's camp I'm mm-hmm. selling it. it's called ragamuffin mm-hmm. wow <laughs> it's, it's still a ragamuffin so my, I remember my mother used to say take that off you look like a ragamuffin
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you you're you're still incredible, and I, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today. And uh, you know, we look forward to seeing more and hearing more from you. So, uh, don't be a stranger. Next time you're in New Jersey, I, I hope you'll you'll come by.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, you know what it is is um, it, there's a thing in PR. You have to connect dots, uh-huh. and I'm not. I don't do that. Uh-huh. I You know, after after Florida, I go to Salinas, California. So how can you connect that dot? You know? yeah. <laughs> is a, a, this is the crazy thing of looking yourself. You know, yeah, getting those logistics down, but um, I'll get it together yeah. before I'm eighty.
0: <laughs> well, you're you're doing fine, and uh, and again, our thanks to you, and thanks for all the incredible songs. And uh, Melanie, again, we'll, we hope to see you soon. Uh, this Thursday, you're in our neck of the woods, The Turning Point mm-hmm. in Piermont, New York. So good luck with that, and uh, thank you. We'll see you again real soon. All right. Okay. Take care, Melody. Right, Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Beautiful people,
1: you live in the same world as I do, but somehow I never noticed
2: you before today.